Mark Calendary, and we are getting ready to start the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving radio show. Uh, it's hard to do a radio broadcast uh, with such a hoarse voice, but I will try to do it, uh, and uh, and it'll be a pleasure to do so. You are listening to 102.3 WHIV LPFM. We are Radio Null HIV with programming dedicated to human rights and social justice. WHIVFM.org. We honor independent voices and all wars. Hang on a second. This is my uh, co host uh, who um, should be on air with me right now. Uh, <clears throat> Did you know that WHIV is a volunteer driven community radio station? We are not a commercial radio station, and all of our hosts and DJs work hard to provide programming dedicated to human rights and social justice. We are on. We are able to honor independent voices with your ongoing support. So please become a member of WHIV today by setting up a recurring donation of any amount that you wish per month. That could be one, five, ten, twenty dollars, whatever is good for you. All donations to WHIV are tax deductible. So please go to our website at whivfm.org and click donate. We do have some very cool swag that you can order uh, as well. So we please uh, encourage you to do so. And again, everything that is given to WHIV uh, is, hang on one quick second. Let me give you some music uh, while we're doing this. Sorry about that. Um, So uh, thank you for your constant support at WHIV. Thank you for listening to 102.3 WHIVLP in New Orleans. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station and all wars. On uh, Thursday, January 24th, uh, we are going to be celebrating a night of music, art, and human rights. WHIV will be holding a station fundraiser at the Hi-Ho Lounge on St. Claude at 5 o'clock, so please come out, show your support for independent voices, local artists, and dedicated community radio station, that is WHIV. There will be a local pop-up market that will be focusing on art, uh, and there will be live music by the uh, Bandicoot 4, Sal Jones, and Ken Swartz in the Palace of Sin, so we will see you all there at that time. And then our la- oh, uh, then our last... Uh, uh, message uh, here is preventing uh, preventing HIV uh, is easy, so please go ahead and get prep. You can get free HIV testing at any Access Health of Louisiana location. Plus, same day primary care appointments are always available. Access has a new location in downtown New Orleans at the Bithian Building, where individuals may be seen for diagnosis and for treatment of HIV, STIs, as well as prep. So all Access Health location uh, patients qualify for discounted medications through their pharmacy. So for a location nearest you, please log on to HealthLA. That, I'm sorry, that's AccessHealthLA.org. That's AccessHealthLA.org. So please, uh, yeah, PrEP has really done uh, amazing wonders. Uh, and speaking as an HIV doctor uh, in this community, it's been pretty amazing. Uh, what uh, PrEP has done with respect to preventing HIV. Uh, And so uh, that Access Health Clinic, as well as many other clinics around the community, do offer PrEP uh, if you feel you're qualified for PrEP. And that's pretty much anybody uh, who... um, uh, who is uh, 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 wanting PrEP uh, will qualify. Uh, please go ahead and uh, ask your physician uh, for that. So uh, it's a pleasure uh, to have uh, in uh, the uh, studio with us uh, the uh, esteemed uh, and always uh, you so- must want something social- and social media savvy uh, Dr. Eric Griggs. He's, he-, he definitely will. He's saying something positive. He definitely wants something. <laughs> Don't believe the hype, folks. <laughs> um, that that would be the esteemed and handsome and always well dressed, oh, wow. dude. <laughs> it's not even holiday season. Is your birthday coming up or something? <laughs> uh, this is the uh, get check, get fake, get moving what show. What do you with, want, Doc? With uh, Doc Griggs <laughs> and Doctor Derry. Um, and uh, uh, what are we talking about today, Doc Griggs? We're gonna talk about a lot of things. One thing, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, when is Doctor Derry getting here? Because that's not, I'm not, 
I know what I'm seeing, but that's not who I'm hearing right now. So <laughs> I'll just wait. I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll wait. I'll just, we can talk until he arrives because I don't know. I, I, just, just something don't sound right. Something is different. Something is a, Doc, there seems to be something in the air because a couple of weeks ago I had no voice yeah. and I couldn't talk. Um, um, here, I, I'm going to play. I'm it gonna, sounds like the radio version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I know. I'm going to play. Uh, hang on a second. I want to see if I can get this to play. Wait a second. Because uh, this is something that. Um, yeah, dude, you had the same thing that I did, right? Oh, man. Like, and I'm telling you, it jumps on you like it's not the flu. Doesn't jump on you like the flu does, but all of a sudden you have, you. it's laryngitis. So let's, Doc, let's talk about it in real terms. Uh, Let's talk about what happens. I mean, so the weather starts changing and people start saying you can hang catch on, this and that and the other. On, hang on. This is what Liana keeps telling me she wants me. Um, she wants me to start singing this song. Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says I sound like this. Oh, hey, hang on. It's the when, when he gets to the... Um, <laughs> I want to hear you sing What a Wonderful World. I see skies of blue. Hang on, here we go. Hang on, let's see. <laughs> this is the right song, isn't it? I assume. I think this is the right song. I think it's coming up. You sound like uh, my buddy James. You sound like James Andrews. <laughs> What's happening, nephew? <laughs> How here you we, doing? Yeah, here we go, here we go. Oh, no. oh, that's you, definitely. There it is. There it is. That is definitely. So apparently, whatever ailment Doc is suffering from, it's affecting his hearing as well. Because what he's hearing <laughs> and what the rest of us are hearing when he speaks <laughs> are polar opposites. So, Doc, can you tell us, as an infectious disease specialist, what specific virus <laughs> or bacteria is it <laughs> that's affecting your hearing as such that you can't hear your own voice and you hear yourself as a high falsetto soprano when you're very much a baritone. Here we go, here we go. There we go. I ain't got a border. I ain't got a border. There we go. There we go. So now we're going to pause the music and we're going to hear Doc's version. And go. Cut his cut his mic. Holy smokes, Batman! It's not like someone stepped on my dog's tail. Um, and we say that with all the love to Clarence Frogman Henry, who is from the West Bank. Really? Yeah, he lives on the West Bank. He's uh, he recorded. I, th- I, th- I, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the history is. I wouldn't be surprised if that was recorded with Cosmo Matassa uh, as part of that whole. Um, but yeah, Liana has been bugging me to sing that song. So there you go. Um, so yeah. So to last week, this time, this time last week, I called you and to tell you that we weren't doing the show. Yeah, I was going to. You were like, yeah, you. We know what it sounds like alfalfa. <laughs> for those that for those that are young enough, Doc and I are young enough to remember the little rascals. And Alfalfa always wanted to sing and always had a solo. <laughs> Ooh. I think I could probably bring it up real quick. So so Doc, so I, I want to bring it back into the it's that time of everyone I know is having they're having sinus issues, they're having voice issues. What's causing this miserable bug? There's sneezing, there's a sore throat, there's all what is it? I already had it, so I'm not worried. Ooh, is it is it called the ooh virus? Uh, yeah, well, it, 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 it very well yeah. could be called the ooh <laughs> virus because that's what it feels like. Um, so, uh, but uh, hang on a second. It's the alfalfa virus. <laughs> Folks, this is from the Little Rascals. This is what we grew up on. This is. <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. <laughs> And doing his clinical, non-clinical research, he, he's found the source. He's found the nidus. It's called a nidus. When you find the beginning of a virus or an infection, it's called a nidus of infections. Oh, there he is. Hey, with the frog. With the, this is it. The alfalfa froggy virus. Originating in Wellman, Louisiana. Around 2019 in January, right in the studio booth. <laughs> so alfalfa is my portion this week. 
and the frog <laughs> featuring Dr. Derry on the frog. <laughs> Dr. Griggs with Yoo-hoo! and the uh, give it give it to him, Doc. <laughs> A couple things. So we, we talk about it. We do community medicine from the community back. Uh, that, let's talk about the talk about being. Let's talk about the animals, right? right. The animals that people perceive, right? There's not right. actually animals, but the animals. Let's talk about the frog right. in your throat, and let's talk right. about the being a horse, and why it's, this time of year. Oh God, I hate to say this publicly. I always <laughs> learn from Doctor Griggs. He's got to want some. I've never. I know he wants. Something. I've never thought about <laughs> it. You're he's right. Got, it's it's the a animals. birthday coming up. Or something. Um, it's, a, it's the animal time of year. What do I mean when I say that, Doc? So that's a very good point. So the frog in the throat and the and the, yeah. and the horse, yeah. yeah. And the and mind you all that when I called Griggs last week, uh, <laughs> as we were talking about because we couldn't do the show last week, Griggs could barely even like I couldn't even make a sound. Was, right, he was yeah. he was worse than I was. <laughs> yeah. So what happens here is that um, essentially the reason why people are hoarse, they get the the. the um, and they get the, fr- the so-called the, the frog and the <laughs> ribbit, ribbit. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no home. <laughs> um, is uh, is basically it's a swollen uh, larynx, and so there's a virus. What's the, la- what's the larynx? So it's the not only just the voice box, but it's the area above it as well. Is that where you um, make your sound for your? That's where essentially it's the voice box. Yeah. Um, and if you feel in your throat where your so-called Adam's apple is, or what's called the laryngeal. It's not prom- so-called. That's what we call it. <laughs> it's the laryngeal prominence. Oh my God, uh, <laughs> Doc, lose your voice. <laughs> <laughs> now you're sounding like all my. You're sounding like my family. <laughs> lose your voice. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what, baby? You need some voice rest. <laughs> Get you some tears, some honey, and shut up. Yeah. There you go. Hanging out with my wife. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so what happens? So it's uh, so you have some uh, a, a virus will cause the the typical symptoms of maybe runny nose, um, as a nasal stuffiness. Either the virus itself will affect the the voice box or the larynx, uh, and that's the area and the tissue that surrounds the voice box, and will cause some swelling. And that swelling itself is the the so called laryngitis that people get, and uh, or it could be from the uh, nasal discharge when people sleep, and their their nose is uh, yeah, it's not begin- running down the back of your throat. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right, the nasal discharge. So, well. <laughs> so, so what I want to think about, I want th- people to think about a guitar. I'm gonna bring it really home to that, or a bass drum. I mean, a bass, a bass, uh, double a bass, bass, double bass, a double bass instrument. Right. Think about a guitar. Think about a double bass. Think about the strings running down um, the neck of the guitar or the bass that you can think about, and the place where, where the sound is made. Think about the guitar itself, the part that's shaped like the eight. Or the part that's shaped like that as your voice box, right? The things that actually it's make the, the body, the, the body, body. The, the body, the body. Yeah, thank you. Um, the things that actually make the sound for the music that we hear is when you pluck the strings and the vibration of the strings. Well, it's the same thing in your throat or your neck, right? So the body or the guitar, what we know as a guitar, or the bass is your voice box, right? And the things that he's talking about, your vocal cords, are like the guitar strings. So now. And Doc's going to love this. I'm going to be very clinical and scientific, which is Thank you. Yeah. Imagine snot running down those strings <laughs> <laughs> while you're trying to pluck. I, I, like, to say, I like to say nasal discharge. So. Imagine snot running down those strings while you either have a bow on your, on your double bass or while you're plucking your guitar. What it does to temper, it shortens the length of the strings uh, as it dries or it gets thicker it makes it harder to pluck well that's what happens with your 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 voice and what happens is if you're using a bow you have to press down harder pulling the vocal cords towards the body to get a sound with the guitar you have to pluck harder which is why when you get hoarse and they say you want to rest your voice it's you have to put forth more effort to get a sound out so just like what happens is, as uh, the as like when you press down on the strings of the guitar, your string instrument, the string, the noise is based on the length of the of the string, right? You shorten the string, you get different notes. Well, if the snot runs all the way down, if your vocal cords get really tied up in the nasal discharge, I'm, I, I just did that for him, <laughs> only because he's not feeling well. I like the way yeah, you did the, yeah, the, na- did the nasal he discharge. Ch- he changed, he changed yeah, his voice. The snot uh, <laughs> as it runs down the strings and it sticks. It shortens the string. The thicker the string, and some, and then the shorter the string, the the different sounds that you get. Am I make? Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. All right. When you say nasal discharge, I understand. Snotty. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you say something froggy yeah, with your snotty you, vocal cords. Yeah, I said if you're, <laughs> 
If you're tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Terry. So I want to go even further, Doc. So why is it, why does my throat hurt? Why did my throat hurt worse in the morning when I woke up? And why did my voice sound worse? Why was it harder in the morning uh, when I woke up? Well, I mean, that's that's a good question. I, I hope you have a Use better answer. Use the word answer. snot. I dare you. I, I want to see. I, I hope you have a better answer than I do. <laughs> but when the nasal, when you're sleeping, most people sleep on their back. And even people who say that they never sleep on their back, you sleep on your back. You Trust not, me. No, you're, right? You're, like you're human sleep beings sleep on their back. Yeah, on your that's back. why backs are backs, right? Yeah, yeah, they, like, yeah, they're called people, the back. Right, right. People <laughs> sleep on their back. So people are like, I never sleep. I sleep on my side. That's like then you go stomach. backwards with your, with, like, your, with your front. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, no. You sleep on your back. Trust me. And so when people, uh, when people are sleeping, the nasal discharge that's created in their nasal cavity runs down the back of their throat. And when it runs down the back of their throat, and then this is the whole etiology of cough. And I say this all the time when we talk about cough in a second. Eat what? The etiology. Eat what? You used the word etiology a minute ago. I so. did, man. You called me. <laughs> etiology means the origin, right? Right. The, yeah. the origin, right? Yeah. So the etiology. Eat, eat that ology. And yeah, it's not. Yeah, 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 keep going. The etiology is the uh, um, the etiology of the swelling of your throat, the pain and the discomfort. Cause of the swelling of your throat and discomfort. Right, mm-hmm. Comes from the, the nasal discharge that runs down the back of your throat and, uh, and causes that inflammation. Then what happens is that the majority of it usually goes down your swallowing tube, right? Your esophagus. Mm-hmm. But some of it goes down on your breathing tube, the, the so-called trachea. And once it hits the bottom of the trachea, at the point where the trachea splits. The bottom is your breathing tube. As it right, comes down and the, it branches off into two to go to each of your lungs. It, and once it hits the crina, which is the branching part. The of, middle part of the Y, the top of the Y when it branches out. Right. Carina. Then once it hits the, uh, um, once it gets into the lung tissue itself, yep. it irritates the lung tissue. So is that why you cough? And that is the purpose of cough. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the nerves that inter- innervate the um, mm-hmm. the stomach mm-hmm. and the lungs that and the nerves that innervate the lungs mm-hmm. are the same mm-hmm. nerves. So the the nerves the, that feed messaging to the brain. No, 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 no. It's just, nerve, they're it's all a, just what, thoracic. It's a, it's a, they're it's all a thoracic, th- thoracic branches. Complex, the yeah, they're Plexus, all. Yeah. Right, they're all just plexes of the thoracic. Mm-hmm. And so the same nerves that go to the stomach are the same nerves that feed information to the to the um uh, to the uh, uh to the lungs. Yep. And so when the when the um uh, when the brain receives information, that's why GERD is the number one cause of cough. Mm-hmm. Because so gastroesophageal reflux. So one of the things as a primary care doctor heartburn. Holy smokes, so, man. Heartburn. So when people get reflux disease, when people come to me with cough and they don't have a cold, they don't have a pneumonia, they don't have anything that would tip in, they don't have a history of asthma. They're not taking uh ACE inhibitor or lisinopril or a drug, any, ca- a drug uh, that'll cause a cough. Right. The first thing that I'll do is I'll have them put just like a 15 degree, maybe a little sli- wooden sliver under their bed. It doesn't take much mm-hmm. just to slightly elevate their their bed. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that prevents that acid from going up their stomach, up their breathing, up their swallowing tube into their, into their breathing tube. Uh, and that's what oftentimes, or um, if it's not even an aspiration, just even elevating the bed a little bit will decrease the likelihood so- of acid coming back in. But still the point is, is that cough is generated, uh, GERD is a cause of cough, and then also nasal discharge that goes down the breathing tubes is a cause of cough. And then once you start coughing, cough begets cough. The more you cough, the more you cough. We've all been caught in that coughing loop. It's a coughing loop. It's a coughing cycle. You feel like you're never going to get out of it. You have have to treat cough. Cough will never go away on its own. It never goes away. So I'm going to go backwards. I want to go and explain this in terms that people get. I love talking about GERD because I have GERD. GERD will actually, symptoms of GERD will send you to the hospital. I know this firsthand. Uh, Stress can cause you to overeat. There's a reason we tell you not to overeat. Uh, Eat before you go to bed. The amount of food that you eat needs to be covered in acid to be digested in the stomach. There are special cells in the stomach that can handle that acid that go up part of your ways into your uh, swallowing tube or your esophagus, right? But the thing is, here's, here's the kicker. The pH, and I'm not going to get into the alkaline water discussion because it'll turn into a whole thing that a lot of people don't want to hear. The thing is, there are special cells in the stomach and the esophagus that line it that can handle um, acid. The pH, and the pH is is, is, of the stomach is between one and two, which is the equivalent of battery acid. 
you have to, in order to digest everything that you put into your stomach before it's passed on, right? Well, if you're standing up, I want you to think about a bowl attached to a tube at the, the top. Let's, let's say it's a bottle. Let's talk about a wine bottle or a, a soda bottle, right? You have acid that way, right? And there's a tube. And as you drop things in, the, if you can imagine the acid bubbling up and digesting things. Now, when you go to sleep, at the top of the bottle, there's a, a, a cap, but it's not really a cap. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sphincter. They call it a sphincter. It's a hole that opens and closes to keep the acid in that, in that bowl, right? Well, with some people, the hole doesn't close all the way. And if we don't eat, if we continually eat and we lay down soon after we eat and you lay down, you take the bottle that's full of the acid with the food in it and you put it horizontal. Well, the acid's going to level out and back up into the neck of the bottle and seep out into the tissue it's not supposed to. And guess what acid does? It burns. Where does it burn? It burns around your heart. Holy smokes, Batman, ding, 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 ding. Yes, it's called a heartburn. The symptoms of heartburn, because of, it's called a plexus, the nerves that Doc is talking about that innervate that area, they can literally make you feel like you're having a heart attack. Uh, and I'm taking off my doctor hat and putting on my Eric hat. This happened to me two going on three years ago. Uh, I had a friend of mine who happens to be a doctor. He's an ER doctor. and That's a good person to be with when you think you have a heart well, attack. Well, you, you would think, right? So here's the thing. So, um, it was that's a, their bread and butter right. is dealing with heart attacks. So it was a real stressful time. Um, and I had been for the a month, I'm building out this good check and thick and moving platform, building out this thing called community medicine that people have never heard of, but preaching, get check, get thick and moving to anyone will hear eating habits are bad, staying up late night, horribly eating. Um, and all of a sudden I got this chest pain behind my heart and it felt like it was going up my neck to the point that the more excited and upset I got and your stomach acid does correlate to your emotions and stress. Um, that I ended up literally sweating. I sat down in a chair and it scared me to death. I ended up on my knees in my living room with my friend crawling to the bathroom, putting my head on the floor because the floor was cool, literally crawling away from him because he was trying to call the ambulance. And of course, I'm not having a heart attack. I am a doctor. I am There's dark no way. So yes. literally I lived near the hospital and he wanted to call the ambulance. I would not, I did everything wrong. I would not let him call. You're ambulance. such a dude. I did not agree. I did not say that I acknowledge that I was under uh, under stress, um, but I had this. It was a searing chest pain. I almost thought that my aorta, um, which is the largest uh, artery yeah, in your body, body, had had a balloon and aneurysm and it ruptured. It was horrible. So he, I literally convinced Hold on, you him. You thought you had an aneurysm and you I didn't. Had no idea. I didn't. You didn't know, want to go to the hospital. Nope. I'm. I'm telling you. I took off my doctor hat for being you, a dumb dude. Guys. Hat. Guys are the it's, worst. It's, Go on. Not only are guys between men and women. Men are the worst patients, but men doctors, are, and, I, no, and no, I'm no. speaking from experience, oh, are yes, the worst yes. patients. Got a witness. Hit dog on holla. Oh, I'm telling you. So we get to the hospital, and it was so bad. The pain got so bad because I was getting stressed out. And as I got stressed out, acid would act up even more, and I'm freaking out. They had to get a wheelchair to wheel me into the hospital <laughs> oh, because every time I stood up or got upset, the pain would knock me, literally knock me to my knees. God, you got some GERD, man. We get, that, that's no, it's, it's horrible. We get to, so my, my, I'm just a quick doctor, doc talk. My grandmother, we have a history of hiatal hernias in our family. Uh, so we get okay. to the ER, they get me into triage, they hook me up to the stuff, and the resident leaves the room, and the, the nurse or the nursing assistant starts freaking out. Because her eyes get big, she's looking at the EKG. Yeah, the tracing. The tracing, and it says, heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. I'm like, I'm not having a heart attack. I'm not having. And I said, man, I see the strip. I read it, and I did. I had a normal sinus rhythm, but because of the artifact, that, and that I was freaking out. A normal sinus rhythm means that his heart was beating Heart was normally. beating normally. Everything was normal, but because I was moving, there was so much artifact. It made it look like she freaked out, and if you, that's why they teach us to read EKGs rather than read the strip. In other words, don't read the interpretation. Don't read the interpretation. Re read the actual tracing. Tracing. At this point, they called my wife, and my wife was coming down. Uh, and of course, I'm trying to pull it together and look strong, but the pain's killing me. And you know how you, it's, it's a totally different being on the other side of the it's, curtain. It's totally I'm, different. I'm looking at my wife, I'm looking at my friend, and, I'm, and my wife's a nurse. I'm looking at their face and the level of concern on their face. I'm trying to make a joke and smile, and I can't really. And they're just still looking like really, really worried. Um, did I? I mean, again, it's getting me kind. Of, I freaked out, and then they, we did it. They did it. I, don't, I, I asked them to do it. Do a chest CT. Do whatever you got to do. 
All my enzymes, because when you're having an, an acute event, a cardiac event, they'll do, we run tests, enzyme, blood work. All my blood work came back normal. So they when, did an when echo. you think you're having a heart attack, your heart releases cells um, that we can measure. The, the cells that are dying yep. um, in, in the heart muscle as a result of a heart attack mm -hmm. can be measured. And so those are measured immediately. And if those are negative, oftentimes it's very, very unlikely that you're actually having a heart attack. And that's what Doc Griggs is referring to. They measured his, uh, his cardiac... Uh, um, labs and those labs. were negative. Now, mind you, at this time I was training for a marathon, so I'm running, <laughs> I'm running 48, 50, 60 miles a week. Um, so they did the echo, everything came back. My pulse at the time, I think my pulse was like in the 50, upper 50s, low 60s. Uh, when I did my follow up echo, they were like, just stop, just, just stop, just stop. But my, the the big deal is I had to go. I mean, they they we had to test for uh, an ulcer. I had to take GERD medications. I'm still supposed to be on it. There are foods I'm Re supposed to avoid. Heart, heartburn medicines. Heartburn medications. There are foods that I'm still supposed to avoid. Three hours like, before like I go what? to bed. Uh, the tomato sauces. Okay. Uh, uh, avoid night, excess. Nightshades yeah, type yeah, nightshades. Avoid the alcohol in excess. Avoid caffeine in excess. I'm drinking coffee as we speak. Um, and then we're going to be drinking beers. <laughs> well, no, not until February. I gave it up for January. Uh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I gave it up for January. Uh, I'm training for a 50-mile race in September. Uh, 50 miles? Yeah, I've done 33, 36. Oh, and 50 miles like right. over the course of a month? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's called a, I, I like running ultra marathons. Um, heart disease runs in my family, and that's a whole other conversation, how exercise is good for your heart, but if you want to lose weight, you, the fix is in the food. You have to eat that's less. Yeah, that's actually a very that's, good point, and yeah. that's something I wanted to share two things with you, but let me do quick station ID. Yep. If you're tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIV LPFM. We are ready to HIV with programming dedicated to human rights and social justice, WHIVFM.org. We honor independent voices and all wars. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Riggs and Dr. Derry. And Doc Riggs and I are uh, talking about both our ailments. Yeah, uh, and how bad. So Doc's really and, not supposed and, to be talking, to be quite honest. Right. You're supposed to rest your vocal cords, yeah. but I mean, this is this is what we do. Right, right? this is what we do. So, all right, so two, two quick stories for you. As uh, Doc Riggs and I are sharing uh, our stories uh, from as being patients, because we should actually do. Scary, you man. know what? We should do. I know. We I can arrange this. Let's get on a couple doctors yeah. to talk about their stories when they were patients, patients about how terrible patients we are. So I have two stories for you. One was do oh. you, um, do, one was recently what you were actually you were part of because I we were supposed to do something together. Yep. Do you remember sometime in October I went to California? Yes, and I got really sick and I ended yeah. up in the hospital. Yeah. Right, I remember all that. And looking back now, I think that that um, I had had some salads because I'm a vegetarian. Yep. I think that I had had, had salmonella. Some of that, that was, uh, romaine and whatever. yeah, that yeah. romaine lettuce. Yep. When I was in San Diego, um, and I think I, I had had... We were in San Diego together. We were in San Diego together, and I can't remember which trip it was. No, it was before It, it was, was before that. It was two weeks before that, or three weeks. In, uh, it was before that. It was I was there in mid-October, and then I went back again at the end of October, and then I went again for that for that conference for the... Infected, so he's doing some uh, uh, field research. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I had had some of that romaine lettuce, mm. of course, and it had been, before it was recalled, it had salmonella in it, and so um, I had uh, come home, I started feeling sick at the, um, I, and it was classic, like, GI stuff, it was very how lo long low after, volume. How long were you, how long... Had you been home before the symptoms started? No, I was. It, it, uh, I was. Well, it started there. I was there. So I was there, and I got stuck because that was when um, there were some bad tornadoes happening in Texas, mm -hmm, and my mm -hmm. flight was supposed to. I was picking I up my that. connection to Texas, that. so I, I actually that. had to stay an extra night. Yep. And it was horrible abdominal cramping. Um, it was a little bit, little bit of bleeding. So that was what I knew that the, it was somewhat Something, severe, yep. but it was very low volume, low, low volume stool mm -hmm. output. So mm -hmm. that's always. Like a concern for a bacterial infection. Yep. So, but looking back, why? So I'll, I'll tell you right yep. now. So yep. usually with um, with viral infections, and, and it's hard to say because it's not as clear cut. All bacteria are low uh, are low stool output, right. but but for the most part, a majority of the viral uh, viruses, a majority of the viruses or the viral diarrheas that we see are associated with like a large volume. I forget what the actual name. Is it like an osmosis diarrhea? Yeah, it is or osmotic diarrhea. Osmotic, osmotic diarrhea yeah. where you get where the water virus, the virus sucks, water. sucks water out of the system and that's why you end up having a large volume output. But for folks that Ooh. get, um, for, and it was the second or third time that I've actually had a bacterial. For all the travel that I do, it's pretty impressive. But that was like the third time that I ever had a bacterial infection, Wait, GI so infection. so how many countries have you been to? God, I don't know. 
like 80, 90 How countries. many with running water, without one running water? A majority of them. Yeah, so... It's, so it's amazing. It's here that... Holy smokes. Yeah, it's, and that's actually wow. a good point. One of them wow. was in Mexico. I think one of them was like in... Uh, one of them was uh, in West Africa during a loss. I went and did a loss outbreak investigation mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. And then one of them was here. Was And dude, if you think about the government wow. shutdown, think about what's happening with the government the shutdown. FDA is they're like, not They're not inspecting food right now. So we are going to be expecting some epidemics or outbreaks of some foodborne illnesses so that, in the next couple to- weeks. Totally off script. And please, folks. Are we ever on script? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so this is not, this is an educational show. So we're not telling you what but we are talking to an infectious disease expert. Um, what should people, what's safe for people to eat? I don't want to put anybody in a panic, but what would you. Like when you travel? No, I meant just in general. I mean, oh, it freaks people out. Like, they say, if you, if we, when they're, they're saying it on the news, right. they're saying it on the news that the FDA is not inspecting food. People are going to, and you get I it on would, the street. I would not change your behaviors at this point. Thank you. That's what I need. I would not change hear. anybody's behaviors Thank at this you. point. They're, they're not inspecting food right now, um, and there's also a significant loosening of the regulations as we move forward uh, with this administration that is uh, proud to be loosening regulations as they believe in the so-called free market you know, experience because it's going to take 100 deaths before we realize that romaine, excuse me, romaine lettuce from this producer has killed 100 people. So the free market is now going to be like, all right, well, we're not going to buy lettuce from that person. I'd rather not go through that process right. and let the free market have much, have much, much rather have regulations so that we prevent something like that from happening. But the point of, of this story was so back, yeah, that I, I was stuck in San Diego. I was getting really sick, um, had a horrible flight home. Um, and, uh, when I got home, I, I, it was like at that point it was like one in the morning and I got into bed and, and my wife was of course sleeping and I woke her up with my moaning cause I just was having significant pains, discomfort. And around three o'clock I called a hospitalist friend of mine who's a nocturnist. So she stays up all night doing hospital work. And so she p- took my call and she's like, dude, it sounds like you have pancreatitis. So I was having significant upper, upper mid epigastric mm-hmm. pain. Um, it was associated again with, uh, and it was very, it was pain like I've never had before. So I actually thought that I was having a gallbladder attack. I remember that. So, um, where I, and, and, and if you want to, you do these descriptions. Excellent. So how does stones in the gallbladder affect the pancreas? Oh, it stops every stones in the, so if you think of the intestinal, everything is a tube, right? As the babies develop, (laughs) everything is a tube. It's a tube, your esophagus, your, your gastrointestinal tract starts with your mouth and ends down below. Everything else is interconnected. If there is a stop or blockage, it's like having sediment in your car engine. Like they tell you to clean your fuel injector or whatever. If you get dirt in it and things get clogged, everything backs up and things in the front shut down. Uh, and when things back up in the body with stones, anytime something stays somewhere too long and things build up, they start. That's when you get your inflammation and which causes your pain. And the problem with your our stomachs, some of us have more problems and others with our stomachs um is that the pain is vague he's, he's self-soothing himself as <laughs> I am, he's patting I am, his stomach I am, right because i can only imagine what gallstones feel like but it's a it's a it's, it's a vague pain and the bulk of of the work that's done is literally if you take your hand and you rub it right above your belly button between your belly button and your rib cage that's where your liver your gallbladder your pancreas are the the other stuff that's in the front is your small intent that's a lot of water absorption um, your small intestine is really large. That does a lot of your, your, your nucleus. But if you rub, where you rub is where the bulk of everything that happens. The problem is you can't pinpoint. It's hard to pinpoint where the pain oh, well, is. Those nerves are yeah, all the, crazy all, all right. over the place. Wherever there's function or movement, there's nerves. And right. Wherever there's nerves, there's blood. Wherever there's nerves and blood, anytime there's inflammation, there's more blood that goes to try to fix the problem. Right. And at, because the nerves are right there, they press down on the nerves and there's this intense and the, the the issue with the gallbladder is as it does its function it tends to pulse and its function is to what its function is to help uh it's it's fat it's uh the, it's helping to break helping down to break digest down digest food within i'm trying to think of work like short words to say <laughs> i keep thinking of the name of lipase and don't have it right. yeah, um but but my point is the way that it moves it's a it's a, it's an pulsing Right. Action. So if you can imagine episodic or pain that's coming in waves, like, oh, so so sometimes it's described as colicky pain. Yeah. So when you think about babies with the colic and if you can imagine a baby, I'm taking it really home. If anyone's ever been around a child that has what's called the colic 
and that cry and that pain, that this intractable cry that just won't stop. Well, because we're adults, we don't run around crying and screaming. It's that type of pain. For guys, uh, if you've ever had a kidney stone and passed one, equate that to the middle of your stomach. Right, and women get kidney and stones. And women get too. kidney stones too. But it's that pulsating, pulsating. pain, that oh. colicky sort of pulsating pain. And what happens it can, is it that we get you, worse when you eat. Right, and when yes, especially after a fatty, a fatty, a fatty meal. Fatty meal. Right. And so what happens is when the stones get stuck in the neck. Okay. So the gallbladder, like like Eric said, is it's a kind of a bag. It's bag, like a, it's a bag. A, it's got a little tube that's that shares a canal with the pancreas. pancreas yep. And so the pancreas also produces enzymes for digestion. The gallbladder produces uh, bile acids for digestion. Yep. And then the two of those organs meet at what's called the common, the common, the common bile duct. Common bile duct. And that's where yes. the pancreas comes into. Yeah. Is the so Im- imagine a stone getting stuck in there in the middle. Right. A stone gets stuck in the middle. What happens is that the pancreas, which is really bad, because you can live without a gallbladder, because the liver will just seep into the into the duodenum yeah, or they, whatever. That's port. why you can cut the gallbladder out and, go and get on rid right. of it. But the pancreas, you need a you need a pancreas. Boy. So I tell people real quick, real quick, and help me here, Doc. Uh, when the heart fails, they call it heart. Failure. The liver fails, they call it liver. Failure. Kidney fail, they call it kidney. Failure. Pancreas fails, they call it? Pancreatitis. Diabetes. <laughs> or diabetes. When it fails. When it fails, yes. But diabetes. the beauty is the pancreas gives you warnings. You get signs. And, and you know what? I've heard you say that before. I, I was wondering what <laughs> no, the No, but you just had pancreatitis on, uh, <laughs> yeah, on the mind. I had pancreatitis You're still thinking about mind. that pain. <laughs> But keep going. I don't want to get distracted. I'm, I'm, I'm following you here. You have to keep, keep going. Because so, I want but, people to no, understand no, But you that. bring up a good point, And I was just starting to say the same thing. The pancreas is a nuanced organ because it has exocrine and endocrine, endocrine functions. And it, so it, I was talking about things from the exocrine side. And then Eric was talking about things from the endocrine, endocrine side. Endocrine side means that it, it, it secretes in, uh, hormones that or, go other places. Right. Uh, the exocrine. No, I'm sorry. Exocrine goes other, to, to other places. Endocrine goes immediate area. Right. Or, so and what Eric was saying is that when you have all these different failures Ooh. when the pancreas fails the the hormonal aspect of the pancreas can fail lose. and what you lose there is the ability for glucose to get absorbed into red blood cells so that the red blood cells so, can do their so, job so if you want to think about the pancreas the pancreas uh, regulates insulin and glucose function as we take in sugar the pancreas puts out insulin insulin is the guys if you're going to guy imagine a janitor or a maintenance person with the keys to all the doors glucose is trying to go to work to fuel the body, right? Well, it can't get into the cells unless the pancreas, the maintenance guy comes and opens the door. Which is insulin. Which is the, the insulin. If you shut down the whole shop, then you you have, no, you you have a, nothing's yeah, working. Yeah, nothing's <laughs> you have all those failures, right? Yeah, failures. So so imagine this. So Eric, imagine this. You're yeah. gonna appreciate yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine me trying to explain to Liana all of this, like at three in the morning, as I'm moaning as to why I shouldn't go to the hospital. <laughs> because, Shut up and go to the yeah. Well, right. Oh, this I'm is, like, oh yeah. I'm like this is bad doc number one. Right? Bad dude this doc is, number right, one. Right. This is the point of the story. So I'm trying to explain her all no, I this. Know exactly what it is. And I'm like, listen, there's a stone the stone's gonna pass the think about the keys the maintenance guy i'm giving her all of the best griggs examples i could do get in the car <laughs> i don't care get in the car that was exactly <laughs> what it was so uh <laughs> so i guess so we get in the car and we, we go oh, wait so y'all saw that right so we get in the car Right, yeah, so we get in the car. Well, I actually had to call a colleague. Uh, of course. Because uh, I had to call a colleague. It was 3 in the morning. I knew she'd of be course. up. Yeah. And she's like, get in the car. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I get in the car. We drive out to uh, a hospital <laughs> on the West Bank that I have, I do a lot of work at. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were able to get into um, uh, the, we got through the ER. And, you know, it was very sweet. Had a uh, had a very sweet uh, a nurse. And nurses are always a little uh, uh, intimidated or afraid of. And she was very sweet um, of working. Working with uh, other doctors as patients, which is dangerous as well. Let's 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 put a let's put a, put a pen right here and talk for a second. As a doctor talking to other doctors, when when it's your turn to be a patient, you have to embrace it and not bully um, your way into what you think the diagnosis is. Um, telling people what you know it is, telling what tests you want, what you are, and what you're not going to do. It's very humbling to remember that you are a patient, and it's hard to do. It's hard to turn off knowing the problem doesn't mean that yes you know just because you're an architect right. or right. You're a carpenter doesn't mean if the building's falling very, down you can't you don't need to exit right. the building listen in medical school they taught us that the uh, doctor who treats him or herself has a fool for a patient and you know how many 
fool doctors <laughs> there are out there because all of us do it at one time. Right. So Eric was trying to hold, was trying to manage his care. Yeah. I was trying to do the same thing. Now listen, there's there's a reason we become doctors is because we're problem solvers and we like yeah. being in control. Yeah. And it's very hard for us to lose control, uh, especially when we ourselves are sick. And it's hard to lose that control. And I have been working very hard to do this with my family, with my wife, and to and 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 to put her in the hands of other people that I love and trust, and not interfere with that care because you do miss things. But for me, this was a very straightforward thing. I knew I had a bacterial. Um, I just needed to make sure I didn't have a pancreatitis and didn't have a gallstone. And so for us, it was a super easy. I needed some fluids. They gave me some nausea medications, and then they also gave me. Um, uh, they took some blood work. I didn't have any elevated. I didn't have bilirubin. I didn't have pancreatitis. I didn't have elevated enzymes. So it Which was basically, yeah, it was just basically a bacterial uh, infection. It was basically go home, get so, some rest. So, 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 doc, just this is a, this is just a, this is a point. Uh, it's not a doctor, but this is to your point, to our mutual point. Have you, have you ever heard of Gem Fix? Gem Fix? Yeah. No. All right. So I'm going to read this. Okay. I thought it was a myth, but it's true. James Fuller, Jim Fix, was an American who wrote the 1977 best book, The Complete Book of Running. He's credited with health starting oh, the Ameri- I, yes, start America's guy. fitness revolution, yes, yes, yes. popularizing the sport of running and demonstrating the health benefits of regular jogging. I, I think this guy came and spoke to my elementary school in L.A. So James Fix, James Fuller Fix, died on July 20th, 1984 at the age of 52 from a fulminant heart attack. After his daily Vermont run, uh, Vermont Route 15 in Hardwick, the autopsy revealed that he had atherosclerosis in one blocked uh, coronary artery at 95%, a second at 85%, and a third at 70%. This guy came up with the concept that jogging and running, regular exercise, was good for your heart, and he died after a run of a heart attack at age 52. Now, this is with all due respect to him, to his family, but this is our point. Though you might know the science, and though you might think that you're practicing the science, if you don't yield and submit and humble yourself to your humanity and the fact that something is wrong, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, it's just like me. Thank, you know, it could have turned out really bad. That could have been an, a ruptured aneurysm. It could have been a heart attack. It You're talking been, your insane. I'm talking about my own You're, self. My it own, ended up being GERD. Had, had, it ended up being, luckily, and it, it's crazy to say, luckily it ended up being GERD or heartburn. How many people do you know that start an exercise regimen all of a sudden? They go out running, and they think it's heartburn, or they think it's nothing. They're getting a pain in their chest. There are people that die every day, every month, every week, jogging and exercising because they haven't gotten checked out first. Before they exercise, we say get checked, get fit, get moving before making any lifestyle change. We need you to go to your doctor, get a full checkup, have a consultation with professionals. They're not going to tell you not to do it, but they need to find a way to walk you into being healthy. More importantly, for those healthcare providers, because it's not just doctors, there are healthcare providers out there. Do not be your own healthcare provider. And don't call your boy that you have input. I, I mean, Unless you're face to face and they can really see you and they'll be really honest and you trust them because most of the time, uh, you know, one thing that we learn in med school is common things happen commonly. The stuff they teach us in pathology, the stuff, the ID stuff, it's really rare. Like if you look in the grand scheme of things, but they do happen. And like I tell people all the time when I'm giving lectures about cancer and other disease processes, you know, it could be one in a million, it could be one in a thousand, one in two billion, one in seven billion. But the only time it matters is when that one is you or someone you care about, and it could happen. I'm off my soapbox. Sorry. So, all right, I'm going to tell you a good story that I, I had not really thought about in a long time. So, if you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 <clears throat> WHIV. Not everybody at WHIV has laryngitis. Uh, this is no, the, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the Get Chat, Get Fake, Get Moving show with Dr. Griggs, Dr. Griggs, and Dr. Derry. All right. So, when I was in Sierra Leone wow. doing Ebola. Yep. All right. So, let me tell you about this. And the intensity of this. So we were, you know, I was, uh, I, I did my first couple of weeks there. I was doing direct clinical work with people living with Ebola. I was mm. people who had Ebola virus disease. Yep. I was in the suits and the whole thing yep. and, you Has know, all that, all that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, then what happened was I, um, 
I got moved over into clinical epidemiology when they realized that not only was I an infectious disease doctor, but I also could also actually uh, investigate cases as an epidemiologist. Mm -hmm. So I got moved over to the World Health Organization and I started walking into people's homes and actually finding pockets of cases, pulling people's out of their homes and then getting them over to the hospitals mm -hmm. and investigating those the contact know tracing. That they had did you ever, Dude, they, ever run into someone that didn't know? Or? Yeah, no. That and so that's the two prong conversation I'm gonna okay. have right now. All right, is one is when people so Sierra Leone, West Africa, mm -hmm. eighty percent illiteracy rate, illiteracy rate, eighty percent illiteracy rate, twenty percent literacy rate. So when eighty percent illiteracy rate, and you have something that kills people massively rapidly, like Ebola. Yep. Okay, do you think that there's an understanding of virus? They barely had an understanding of virus because everybody knows HIV and HIV is the virus. You are going to die, right? Well, now. it's also magical thinking. Yeah, I got it. There's a lot of magical thinking got associated it. with that as got well it. because you can't, you don't have the fundamental tools to put together yep. the the basic building blocks of the world, how the world works. Yep. Um, and specifically, I'm speaking about science. I'm not saying the Sierra Leoneans are brilliant people. So like anybody's smart, but that, that's exactly what I was about to say, which says nothing about their intelligence. Yes. I'm not at all. It's, criticizing. it's, 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 it's ignorance in the sense, and people need to understand the word ignorant. There are different connotations and different interpretations of it. This is meaning thank, they have not you. been yes. exposed and it's yes. not their fault. Right. Thank They've you. not been thank exposed. You. I'm not blaming the victim at all, but they have brilliant people. Yes. So keep, Amazing yeah, people, yeah, yeah. entrepreneurs, yeah, yeah. incredible in yeah. that their ability for day to day yeah. life. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so trying to convince them that they had Ebola was struggle enough yeah. with but a language the, barrier. Well, yeah, with that, well, I always had a, I always had a team with me. So, and I had an, I always had a uh, translator. I always had a driver and an assistant. So I had oh, two man, translators. That's a whole nother, wow. Right. So anyway, so um, yeah, I can't, dude. Look at me. Can I walk into a community? No, that's what I was about to say. That's like, a, there's a cultural towns. component to that. Yeah. Because they're thinking I, you brought it. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Oh. That's exactly right. So you brought I, this dude. Why'd you bring this in my house? Right. I can't walk in. I need to have a team of, of community members. Going in that's community medicine, that's community dude. Medicine. Yes. I'm that's exactly you. You right. It. In fact, we need to talk about that yes. in off of air about what we were doing and how Ooh. that was the definition of community medicine. I came in to determine whether or not somebody had. Ebola, but the issue was this: hmm. everybody who got taken away. Oh, you took them away from their family. You're Doctor Death. I, the, half of them, if not the majority of them, never came back. Yeah. So they were hiding. Which so, which translates so, to here, people. A lot of people don't go to the hospital because they tell you people go there to die. Okay, so that's number one. So that's number one interesting thing to talk about. The second super interesting thing to talk about was this. What happens when, so we were still, you know, like viruses are still viruses. I mean, cold viruses, flu viruses. Folks, I'm sitting here like a little kid like, right now. Like, right, wow. like, you know, like uh, uh, foodborne illnesses. Yep, yep. So every time, so somebody like me who was dealing with Ebola every single day, I was seeing and touching and looking and smelling Ebola every day. What happens when a healthcare worker like myself spikes a fever? Oh, you got it. He brought it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So what happened? Like you now, say, you. Oh man, I got, I got Ebola. So, so now, what do you do? How now? So eliminate now the community. Eliminate the community now. Now I'm sitting in my room, in my hotel room, and I know I have a fever. So now imagine the 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 flip flops in your brain mm -hmm. that you have to go through to determine whether or not is this a cold, is this a foodborne illness. Or could this be Ebola? Because if I pull the, this could be Ebola string. Oh, that's a whole, well, that's I am, a global, I, yeah, that's, it's that's a on CNN. That, that's exactly. Oh, that so, is, the world held the, right. the BBC, Dr. Mark so Allen So that's exactly, that's exactly Pioneer right. Pioneer doctor. And da, 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 is. That's exactly right. So there was that, and that, so imagine us not wanting to go to the hospital when you may have a heart attack or I have possible pancreatitis from yeah, a gallbladder. That's on the news. But now I am, I'm working for WHO. I'm going in from house to house and then I wake up one morning and I have a fever. Now what do you do? Who do you tell? Because if I tell my superiors at the WHO, they are obligated to pull me oh, yeah. and I go straight back. I get, I get, I get, I get flown into Nebraska where, or I get flown to Atlanta where they have the Ebola. And they say, what's your name? 
and you're who and you've been where? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You you get medevaced no, directly. No, 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 no. No, to, I'm, no, I'm talking about the press. The people. Oh the, yeah. Oh, dude, oh, this is well. Yeah. So here's there's a other so talk phenomenon. About, talk about avoidance. So. The, the the phenomenon though. So part of that is let's go back to med school experience. Second year is when you take pathology, right? Uh, at one point, I think I was six months pregnant. It's a point. I had you have everything you read. You have multiple myeloma. You, you have Ebola. <laughs> you have, oh yeah, I was pregnant. I was about six months, man. Dude, I missed my cycle. Dude, you're, you're, I was late. You're showing right now. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm saying I missed. After, I'm like, after that 50 mile run, I told my girlfriend we need to talk. You know, I just I've been waiting and nothing is. <sighs> you know, but you 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 get you, you, because you're around it all the time. Right. The smallest sniffle. The strangest pain Dude, what it, you it have was, everything because it, you're saturated in the pathology and things that can happen it was we spoke in hushed whispers about it <laughs> about like i'm like so because i went so obviously i didn't have ebola obviously obviously i wasn't pregnant right yeah. and and but boy man i'm telling you what like those were hard sleep those were hard conversations to have in my head because i was afraid because i didn't want to leave my job i loved what i was doing yeah I, but if i if when waking up and, and feeling sick boy man if i didn't want to go to the doctor when i thought i had a gallbladder pancreatitis you think i'm gonna really like pull the lever and start telling people that i may have ebola so, I mean, after it, being deeply exposed but to the it. courageousness and what you're doing you walk directly into the lion's den while they were sleeping to trying to treat the lion so every roar or yawn you hear is a <gasps> it is it is it's one of the it's one of the untold stories oh, wow. of people who go down and and do the work not only for the folks that live there yeah. because people who live yeah. there but folks that all, also work in that setting and you know the you know we we should Man. We should have Adora. I'm going to have Adora come on. Um, I'm going to have a Dr. Adora. She is, uh, uh, Dr. Adora is the woman who uh, Bill Gates called his healthcare hero. She actually took care of the first case of Ebola in Nigeria. Mm. She lives here in New Orleans now. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to have her on. You met her yep. at the CAC. Yep. She, she's, uh, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, let's have her on. And her story is Soon, incredibly, like, yes, yes. No, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. We're going to have to start wrapping up. I can't so. believe this was this fast. So what I want to do is I want to make sure we're going to talk offline about it but the let's talk about the cultural some of the cultural aspects of medicine and then we'll talk about community medicine we'll talk about being from and uh coming at from the outside in uh i can only imagine like the places like after you came to the first block in my neighborhood where i grew up and my cousin uncle grandmother went to the hospital and come back you couldn't come back right to my and, neighborhood and there was a whole element and, of safe burials and if as you well. came to that house that first house and someone died, and then someone in the next house, or anyone died, it was still your fault. Right. Because you shouldn't have never been here in the first place. Right. And then, who brought you here? Oh. Yeah. Folks, keep the snot from running down your throat. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. <laughs> Doc will have his voice back next week. Uh, good check. Rivet, rivet. Rivet, rivet. Keep the horses and the animals and the frogs out of your mouth. Horses and frogs and bears. Oh, my. We, we love you, Clarence Frogman, Henry. Yeah. Here's Eric's part. Listen, here we go. Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> let's get off the air. <laughs> let's just go, man. I knew he was setting me up for something. I knew it. I knew it. All right, folks. We'll see y'all next week. Get tech, get thick, get moving. This guy. Bye-bye. Yeah.